0: I view this office as, a, as an opportunity to represent all Nevadans, the, the entire Nevada family, and I define family broadly. Whether you've been here for you know three generations or, or, or three and a half weeks, or whether you are Black, white, Indian, or Haitian, I view you as a Nevada family, and this position enables me the ability to help provide dignity um, and humanity to all. <laughs>
1: Hello, and thank you for listening in this week to Dwayne Morris DNI 360 with Joe West. I'm Yamika Anderson-Howard, DEI Manager at Dwayne Morris. Today, we're pleased to have Nevada Attorney General Aaron Ford discussing his calling into public service. Hello, Joseph West here, partner at Dwayne Morris. Uh, I'm a member of the firm's management committee, and I have the privilege of serving as a Chief Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Officer. Uh, very honored to be interviewing uh, the 34th Attorney General from the great state of Nevada, uh, Aaron Ford. Aaron, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. Great to see you, Joe. Likewise, my friend. Uh, I, I'm always blown away by, first of all, uh, your educational accomplishments. For those who don't know, uh, Aaron has A bachelor's degree from uh, Texas A&M. He has uh, a master's from uh, GW. Uh, He also has a master's, a law degree, and a PhD from Ohio State. Uh, Aaron, you you might—I was going to say—you might be the most well-educated attorney general in the country. You might be the most well-educated public elected official (laughs) in the country. so uh, my first question for you is, uh, what is it that motivated someone who obviously had all kinds of options in the public sector, and I know you practiced law you were a partner at a law firm, uh, to devote a significant portion of his life and career to public service?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, again, Joe, thanks for including me in this important conversation in your podcast. Happy to be here. Uh, you talk about you know my five degrees. My mama used to say all the time that You know, we have to work twice as hard to be considered half as good, so I went two and a half times as hard, you know what I mean? Uh, That's right. uh, (laughs) Well uh, said. You know, God's blessed me with an opportunity, with opportunities um, all my life, and uh, education was one of those. Uh, Being a public servant uh, is another, and it's been uh, the blessing of a lifetime uh, for me to be able to serve, not only as Attorney General, uh, the first Black American to be elected to statewide constitutional office here in Nevada, but I also previously served in the State Senate. Um, as a chair of a natural resources committee, as minority leader uh, at one point, and as majority leader, um, uh, which is a position that I held when I ran for this particular office. Uh, And my desire um, has always been driven by um, uh, the desire to give back to the community. You know, it sounds cliche, but uh, that's absolutely uh, the reasons why I've always engaged in some form of public service. And my my first career was as as an educator. I was a teacher uh, in the classrooms. I, I taught middle school in Austin. Uh, I taught high school there uh, in, in, in the D.C. area in Burke, Virginia, at Lake Braddock Secondary School. Uh, and then when I went to Ohio State, um, I taught school there as well. Um, and, you know, that, again, was my effort at uh, being involved and engaged in the community to give back to the community. And when I moved out here to Las Vegas um, uh, while working at a law firm, I, I ran, decided to run for the state senate. Um, to yet again, um, give back to the community. In that instance, it was because of my background in education and I wanted to uh, provide uh, whatever expertise and and assistance I could to to improve our schools out here. Um, I I ran later uh, to help our economy do better um, when I ran for reelection. Then when I ran for this particular office, it was frankly for an entirely different E. It was uh, for existential reasons. Frankly, I just saw uh, what was happening uh, in our country uh, at the federal level in particular. Uh, and felt as though there were, frankly, existential threats against so many folks, including folks who look like me, um, um, and my family, uh, th- those who are, um, uh, you know, new to the country, trying to come to the country and, and want to get into a position to where I could help as many folks as quickly as possible on as many things as possible. And the Office of Attorney General has allowed me to do that.
1: Well, listen, let's talk in a moment about your work at the AG level, but at uh, first I want to talk about uh, the work you did in the Senate. Uh, just a few of the things that you were instrumental in getting through the state Senate there. Uh, uh, transparency in the pharmaceutical industry, for example, um, a lot of the work that you did focused on women's issues, uh, protecting women in the workplace who have pregnancies, uh, the rape kit registry. Just talk a little bit about those, those three issues real quick and then we'll transition to the AG work we're doing. Those are
0: three of the most important things that that we were able to accomplish when I was in the state Senate. Um, You know, obviously uh, ensuring that all Nevadans have an opportunity to to succeed uh, and that uh, redress could be brought to Nevadans who had been violated um, were, were areas of emphasis that I wanted to focus on in the state Senate. And we'll talk about it later, but those are likewise concerns and interests that I bring into the AG's office. Um, You know, it wasn't me just me, obviously. I mean, I had uh, 21 colleagues in the state Senate and 42 in the assembly, and I had to convince um, a half plus one of each uh, of each particular chamber plus the governor uh, in order to get get a lot of that done. Uh, And I co-sponsored the bill on on, um, uh, the pharmaceutical transparency. Diabetes kills a lot of people, Um, a lot of people specifically um, uh, in the black and brown communities. And so trying to understand why insulin prices were so expensive. Um, when it's, it's been a, a drug that's been around for a century um, was something that we wanted to get, to get at and we were able to get that bill passed. Um, when it comes to women's issues, you know, one of the things that I focus on is ensuring that again, all Nevadans uh, are, are able to achieve at the highest levels. And we have seen over the course of history that women have not been treated fairly in the workplace. Um, I'm sure Joseph and your particular um, um, uh, position. You talk about that as well. You talk about pay equity, and you talk about uh, the fact that um, women in general, uh, black women in particular, and Latinas even more particularly uh, have uh, unfair payments. And so we want uh, unfair pay scales, and so we wanted to address some of those issues. And then finally, in the rape kick backlog uh, issue, you know, we we found that there were um, hundreds. If not thousands of untested rape kits uh, in a backlog, and uh, we used our coffers in the state senate to work with the then attorney general uh, to um, allow money to help those rape kits get tested. And during my tenure as attorney general, we finalized the rape kit backlog testing process, um, and you know at, at least uh, at, at some level. And so we are um, you know pressing forward again with trying to represent as many folks as we can and help them as quickly as we can.
1: Well, that's an example not just of the leadership that you showed uh, in the Senate, but stuff that you did that actually affected and helped real people's lives. So kudos to you and others on that. You said something very interesting. Now, when to talk about the uh, AG's race that led you there and then the work you've done since you've been there, you said existential
0: threat. What yeah. did you mean by that, Aaron? Well, you know, to, to be frank, and I don't wanna get hyper-partisan or hyper-political, but I, I'll tell you, um, I was, I'm a Democrat and we worked in the state Senate um, with my colleagues and frankly, with the Republican governor to try to help as many folks as possible. What we saw, you know, attacks from my perspective um, on on the actual existence of folks, you know, whether it was, um, you know, the environment and some of the regulations that were being uh, promulgated and passed, um, you know, affecting people's ability to uh, breathe clean air and drink clean water. That's the quintessential example of existential threats. Uh, you know, whether it was, um, you know, folks trying to come and seek asylum at our borders and having their babies taken away from them. I view that as an existential threat, Uh, whether it was a mindset that what we saw in Charlottesville uh, was good people on both sides uh, being an existential threat to people who look like me or who look like my, uh, who are are like my Jewish brothers and sisters. Frankly, those were the types of issues that drove me to get engaged and to get involved uh, at the AG's level because I saw, frankly, some of my AG colleagues or soon-to-be colleagues Already working in that area, uh, the Muslim ban, uh, the Muslim travel ban, was 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 um, uh, excellent at, at that time, and and I saw attorneys General pushing back on that and winning uh, until they didn't, right? But at the end of the day, uh, I view this office as a as an opportunity to represent all Nevadans, the the entire Nevada family, and I define family broadly whether you've been here for, you know, three generations or, or or three and a half weeks, you know, whether you are uh, married with two and a half kids or a single parent with three kids or, 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 or whether you are black, white, Indian, or Haitian, I view you as a Nevada family and this position enables me the ability to help provide dignity um, and humanity to all. So much of the
1: political lens in, you know, most of our lifetime, and of course, Aaron, you always remind me that I'm older than you, uh, but so much, of it, so a little bit. Just the poli- so much of the political lens has been focused on the, on the on the national level. I think people are starting to understand and appreciate the importance and significance of statewide elected officials, particularly AGs. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so, talk a little bit about how significant it is uh, for people to organize for people to vote. For people to have an understanding and an appreciation for and a fluency around issues that impact them at the regional level the state level the local level and why that's
0: increasingly important yeah well look it benefits the entire society to have a focus on statewide races on local races uh, particularly in the attorney general realm Uh, you know in the aftermath of what i can say now was george floyd's murder Um, i was the attorney general at the time and as a black man uh, wearing a badge uh, I was able to utilize my position to talk about the intersection of race and policing uh, in order to come together with um, two bills that passed unanimously in the aftermath of George Floyd's murder that helped to create, or um, restore, or to augment trust between law enforcement and the communities that we serve. Uh, we passed a bill that allows my office, for example, to uh, investigate police departments that are alleged to be engaging in discriminatory or, or unlawful policing and it passed unanimously with support of law enforcement and the ACLU, for example, with, the, uh, with public defenders and district attorneys supporting the bill, with Democrats and Republicans voting in favor of the bill unanimously and having it signed. Similarly, after Breonna Taylor was killed, um, I sponsored a bill that limits the use of no-knock warrants here in the state, and it likewise passed unanimously with the same contingent of folks. And the reason why I mention those as examples is because I was able to utilize the State Office of Attorney General in order to effectuate some real positive change. Um, And the focus on statewide races, again, when we recognize the importance of of their their role in society, uh, is a benefit to the entirety of society. You are one of the few uh, people
1: of color serving as a chief uh, law enforcement officer for one of the states in this country. Um, I want to talk in the minutes that we have left about Uh, the rule of law and some of the threats to the rule of law that we see playing out in the country, um,
0: why we should be concerned about that and what we should be doing about it? Yeah. Listen, um, I've been attorney general for three years and and five months. And within two days, it'll be five or three days, it'll be five months. Um, I was inaugurated January 7th, 2019. And, you know, I, I took an oath, an oath of office. Uh, that said that I would have to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States and our state Constitution. Uh, It turns out that there are a lot of things that I end up having to do during my tenure that were not in the job description. I mean, I knew I I knew that oath um, and I I took that oath and I meant it. But I did not know that, frankly, it would mean that I would spend time defending the actual existence. Speaking of existentialism of our Democratic Republic Uh, Mm -hmm. were attacks attempting to undermine our electoral system uh, that. Um, you know, were are prevalent, not just in Nevada, but certainly in Nevada. Um, six lawsuits waged, uh, alleging that there was widespread voter fraud in our state. Um, you know, one of my jobs as attorney general is to be the chief le- chief legal advisor to our secretary of state, who happens to be a Republican. And she and I worked together to ensure that we had integrity in our elections. Uh, and you know, we, we pushed back on the, the, the uh, misnomer that there was widespread voter fraud. There were instances of voter fraud, let me be clear. Uh, there was one instance in particular that I will share uh, that you probably saw um, on national television where an individual was claiming that um, someone had voted his, de- his deceased wife's ballot. Um, uh, it was a mail-in ballot and, and he swore that he had no clue how that happened uh, uh, why it happened and it was a shame that it did happen and uh turns out he voted his dead wife's ballot uh, mm. and I prosecuted him uh, and took a, a guilty plea on, on on felonies related to that um and, and and that's the example that I'm talking about right the rule of law is important and it's one thing to get on television and to and to you know claim uh evidence but it's something different to go to court and to produce it and we were able to demonstrate in our court cases that the evidence was not there for widespread voter fraud. We were able to, to demonstrate that it was therefore, an instance of, of voter fraud. Uh, and the rule of law uh, is that which undergirded the entirety of our argument. Well, there's a couple of things you said that really stuck out to me.
1: Um, when you were talking about legislation passing earlier, twice you said passed unanimously. Uh, and then moments ago when you were talking about uh some of the work you did with the AG's office you talked about collaborating with one of your Republican colleagues um I I, I just think uh, you know in this hyper-partisan even adversarial political environment we find ourselves in um I I think the people who actually can reach across the aisle to get things done tend to be few and far between uh Talk a little bit about how that's animated your work
0: and why you think that's important, Aaron. Listen, my, my worldly philosophy is that I know, I don't know everything about anything, let alone everything about everything. Um, uh, you know, no one has a monopoly on good ideas. And to be sure, no one has a monopoly on bad ideas. Uh, and the way that you discern uh, between the two is to have conversation, uh, recognize the importance of compromise, recognize the importance of give and take. Uh, the bill passed unanimously um, not because I ran in roughshod over everyone and said it's my way or the highway, but because I wanted to listen to what law enforcement had to say about, for example, a limitation on no-knock warrants. Uh, I wanted to understand the practical implications of what it was I was seeking to do, um, and I was able to amend my legislation or, or my approach accordingly. And again, it, it, it led to unanimity. Uh, it's, I wouldn't call it a lost art. There are a lot of people who want to engage Uh, in the compromise and the bipartisan efforts to get things done on behalf of the folks who put us in these offices. Uh, But there is a hyper-partisan element of politics now uh, that has uh, taken over um, at some level and certainly gets the headlines. Here's here's, here's a a fun fact. Uh, In Nevada and probably in Congress, 98, I'm making up a number here, but a high 90 percentage uh, of all of the things that we do pass with bipartisan support. If not unanimously, they Mm -hmm. pass with, with high bipartisan support, there is a small fraction of what we do that breaks out on party lines, uh, that that is contentious, and those are the ones that get the headlines. Right. That's all you hear about. You right. don't hear about the work that we do behind the scenes, or or even in in, in wide open spaces that leads to good legislation that is passed with bipartisan efforts. Uh, uh, and again, that's that's part and parcel of what people want to hear, um, and 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 what. You know, sales and, and what gets clicks or whatever the case may be. Uh, but, but I'm determined to continue to do what I uh, believe is appropriate. As long as I can sleep at night, I'm doing a good job uh, as far so as I'm concerned. That's, I mean, fantastic
1: um, a response. Let, we only have a minute or two left. I never uh, let successful folks get away from my podcast without asking them uh, for the benefit, especially in our profession of some of the younger uh, people entering the profession out there. uh, What's some of the best advice that you've gotten that's helped you or benefited you in some way over the course of your career uh, that you'd
0: like to pass on to some of
1: the younger lawyers out there who might be listening?
0: Yeah, so it's advice that I've not only received but experienced, right? Um, And and summing it up, it would be to find your motivation. Uh, When I was inaugurated after winning my first election in 2012, February 2nd, Uh, 2013, I was at the state capitol, Um, all of my family from Texas flew up, we had 25 people crammed onto the Senate floor uh, to watch me being inaugurated. And uh, a story that resonates with me to this day is this one. Uh, As I finished being inaugurated, I had to fly my uh, my family back to Dallas and I was escorting them from the Senate chambers to the buses that were going to take them to the airport. I got to the bus and my my father-in-law looked at me, he was probably 75 years old then, and he said, I'm so proud of you and do you know why? Uh, And I got goosebumps as I think about this. And he said, I said, yeah, I know why I'm Senator Aaron Ford. I just got sworn in. That's why you're proud. He says, yeah, that too. He says, I don't know if you noticed this. He says, as you walked us from the front of the building to the buses, they opened up doors for you. They called you Senator. They called you Mr. They called you Sir. They called you doctor because I'm Dr. Ford. Uh, He said they called me boy till I was 40. And that to me, these are goosebumps I got that are bad goosebumps, right? That to me reminds me of the importance of the work that we do in the elected office. And, and I would, and that motivates me because I get called anything but a child of God, Joe. I, I get called out of my name all the time, right? Like, like I have no feelings or I have no emotions or, or I'm inhuman. Um, but I'm reminded of my father-in-law's words to me about how he was called boy till 40. And if the worst I'm going to get done to me is a bad name, then I'm standing in tall cotton. So I would suggest to all young lawyers to find your motivation and keep that as a driving force for what you do. Aaron, you just gave me goosebumps. Um, Thank
1: you, my friend, for making time. Thank you for all the work you do, uh, everything you do for the citizens of the great state of Nevada, uh, but also for, uh, for the environment at large. And I don't just mean the environment and the air we breathe, but um, what you're doing is is uh, you're doing God's work, my friend, and I appreciate you so
0: much. Thanks for having me, Joe.